Welcome to another episode of the Shots from the Winchester podcast by Greencastle. We're here with my brother from another mother, my main man, JT Frank, uh, founder of consequenceofhabit.org, host of the Consequence of Habit podcast, and uh, and the guy I started doing podcasting with seven years ago, six years ago, something like that. It's been a while, man. Yeah. It's been so, a long time. Anyway, we always start off with... Um, with a shot here on the Shots from the Winchester podcast, but uh, you quit drinking about three years ago, almost, almost four, four, almost four, four years in February. So let's. Uh, I'm drinking a, a, a pineapple cider, Austin's East Ciders, and you're drinking uh, Athletic well, Brewing, one of our biggest. Well, for consequence, I have it, one of our biggest supporters. So yeah, All right on. Cheers. Cheers. You are now running uh, consequence consequenceofhabit.org. Um, and using Consequence of Habit podcasts as a mechanism for um, for getting exposure and talking about Consequence of Habit, Consequence of Habit itself, the name, excuse me, the brand that you built. What, why, why, what does Consequence of Habit mean? Why did you name it? Well, that goes back a little bit to even when when we're doing our shot here, right? Yeah. So, um, not to get too deep on it, but but there was a reason I I decided that. Alcohol and I should probably part ways. Um, it happened at, actually at a pinnacle time too, because it was when we were had just started comedy, right? So to 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 start doing something where you're in front of a lot of people, where traditionally I would have used something to maybe uh, get rid of some of those nerves. It was a strange time to to make that 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 decision. But uh, I just started looking at my own life. I said, hey, I got all these things I do on a daily basis. Some of them are adding value to my life. Some are uh, compromising me in a lot of ways that I, I, I'm not super happy with. So I made this one change in my life. My life got, my life, uh, just got, got cutting out drinking for me. It was alcohol. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm always careful to say it because that was just my vice, right? Everybody may have their thing for me. That just happened to be, uh, alcohol. So I changed, I made this one change and my life got, it just got simpler. I'm going to say, I mean, it got better because it got simpler. Some of the things that I used to look back at and go, hey, I'm not super happy with this thing. Well, th those went away. So I became what, what's an example of one of those? Uh, all right. For me, it was uh, if I were going to if I were going to have a glass one or two with, with, uh, with my dinner and then I'm going to uh, drive somewhere. Right. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I wasn't what somebody would would call like we grew up thinking about with somebody uh, who had a problem with drinking look like or what that yeah. looked like. Uh, that wasn't my story. My, my story was I, uh, I partake in it on a fairly regular basis, but you never saw me slurred. You never saw me. I remember we were going to get deep on this quick, but I remember um, my kids saying like there was an, we were in class and they were talking about, you know, favorite foods and drinks. It's like, hey, my dad's favorite drink is beer. And it's and it's you said fun. that. Huh? You said that? He said. Oh, he does. Which is, which, if I said it, it's fine. Yes. But when your kid says it, yeah. you're like, oh, and everyone, you know, everyone could giggle and you go, and then you're like, mm, that's not. Uh, yeah, I need to hide that. Yeah, that's not as funny as. Yeah, right. I'm like, I thought those bottles were all hidden. So, uh, yeah, I, I, so I just made that, that uh, change in my life. And then I became fascinated. Like, right, what is it we do uh, on a regular basis that, that makes it, how does it make us feel? You know, this idea of being accountable to ourselves, doing things that make you feel good about yourself, your habits, they build real self-esteem, not this facade. And I actually mentioned you in a, in, a, in a story quite a bit. I was 
um, you were in the front of the, we were teaching a class together. Yeah. Uh, you probably know the story. You were in the front of the classroom and you were, you may not even, uh, you were giving a, uh, a brief on something and you asked me to come from the, uh, hey, you know something about this and you said, come on up. And I was walking from the back of a classroom to the front and like, I felt like the walls coming on me. And I never had an anxiety attack in my entire life. Mm -mm. And I, and I turned around, I went to go talk and like words weren't coming out of my mouth. I just kept like clearing my throat. I'm like, wait, wait. So I ended up just walking away, like as if I just had something in my throat. And that to me was a first sign. Like I had something maybe going on. I wasn't like, I had to try and figure it out. And that started a process uh, of I kind of just kind of self-exploration and, and huh. looking at uh, how to, you know, what is it? What is this idea of? what everyone else thinks about it's like something we put out there and then what is the idea of like you know you, you know at two in the morning when you can't sleep the real how you really feel and then these differences between the two and what is the consequence of our habits yeah, yeah. right and our habits create conditions that we have to live in the, yeah the real conditions not right you know we can we can put stuff out in in on social media we can put stuff out to co-workers and family members but at the end of the day you know, you're the, you're the person that mm. has it. So I, what I, and I get to is, is I think in that moment from walking in the back of the classroom up front, I felt like that facade had dropped, right? Like everyone could actually see the real thing, yeah. not this thing I put out there. And, and I said, man, I gotta. Did I do anything to help and, and point know. out yeah, that? Like, I was like, everybody look at this guy. Yeah. He look just turned and ran. You're so nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, what no. a pussy. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, that that was one of the things I guess maybe started that process, huh. um, which was weird getting back to the comedy because I could still, uh, that's a different feeling because comedy for me was always a coping mechanism. I think you and I have had that, that conversation yeah. too. That was one way I could always, I could make always, sense of the world. I could make sense of the world. I could always get positive feedback. It became yeah. as much as I loved it, almost like a crutch. Whenever I was in a difficult moment, I could always just make people laugh. Right. Yeah. And, and it's a little bit of a drug. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, oh. I, if you feel that the same way, oh, but yeah, I have, uh, and you forgive me if I'm hijacking it, but you, uh, we've talked about um, when you go out and you and I have said, like we, we've worn a hole in the, in the carpet behind the curtain, like yeah. just waiting to go out and, and like my fingers are tingling and I can't catch my breath. And I have no idea what I'm going to go out and do. Even though I know my material, if you'd ask me in that moment, what are you going to go out and do? I have no idea. When I break through the curtain, when they go, okay, next up is, is John, and, the, and you break through that curtain, that is a moment where you take that breath and you step through. And even at that moment, I probably couldn't tell you what I'm going to do. And I get up to the mic, and it, it, it's like a switch where I just start to do it. And I just start to to deliver my material. And, 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 and I'm tying it back to what you brought up. This is where a little bit of the drug happens. When you get that first laugh, uh, oh man, all the nerves, all of that hard work, all of that rehearsal and, and fine tuning your jokes, when you get that first laugh and you know that you've made an emotional and a social connection with an audience member or, or with multiple members, if you just get one laugh from one person, you have made a connection, man, that, that's, that's hard to replicate as a drug, like as a feeling. Yeah. No, I remember you and I walking off, and, and and I would go. I would even that night I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Like I was on such a high from it. Yeah, it's it's like it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. But that's what I think 
because we were so nervous. Yeah. We were so far out of, because there's one thing about making friends laugh. There is a, it yeah. is another animal. So you, you meet a lot of funny people and they say, oh, people said I should try stand up. Uh, and you should, but, but if you think that because you're funny at work, that you're going to be funny on stage, uh, they don't always translate. And, and, uh, I think that's what, so that, that risk versus reward, that risk of going out there, that feeling of like, dude, I don't know if I can do this, to walking out there and then getting that positive feedback, uh, that feds, I mean, that was, it's very hard to even put into words how, how amazing that, that feeling is. So. Yeah. To, to, and sort of bring it back full circle, when you started Consequence of Habit podcast, so feeding off of that, that high, that would be a, a habit if you if you mm -hmm. are a, a if you're an addictive personality that's some some people would say well that's you got to be careful of that because now you're feeding on an addiction yeah. and but yet you if, if if i understand correctly you're like hey it's okay to to look at some habits because not all habits are negative right some habits are positive i don't know what you're well you know it is it's a it's a double-edged sword and that's what we're trying to point out is that with, with consequence of habit. Yeah, we yeah. just, you know, we, is, when we analyze things, we look at our, what we do, our own habits, there's ones that are, that are great, right? And, they, they, and then there's a lot of habits. A lot of, for a lot of us, we're, it's a subconscious thing. And for me, it, it, it was, it still can be. It can be, um, what do I do? Like, we all do things when we're uncomfortable. And, and sometimes, you know, those are subconscious things. You know, if you said, hey, when I'm uncomfortable, I look at my phone more. Yeah. Um, I weep openly. <laughs> right. Well, that was, that was healthy. Uh, it's an I, outlet. I've seen it. It's so ugly. The face is so ugly. <laughs> I'm an ugly crier. <laughs> it's ridiculous. My mascara runs. It's, yeah. Every, you guys know what I'm talking about. You, you, the audience knows. They know. <clears throat> so it's just looking at those things and, and, and maybe understanding the, the, the emotion behind an action and then maybe that the, the, the actions that we do because of the way we feel, right? So, um, yeah. so what, what's the mission of Consequence of Habit then? Is it to, to bring light to our habits or? It's bring awareness to the, the our, so our mission statement is to bring awareness to the, the impact that habits have on our mental health, success, and the environment. So we have an environmental side. A lot, of, not all of it, but a lot of it is, is we, uh, we do a lot of work with the, the veteran and first responder community because yeah. these are communities that as they picked up amazing habits in the military. They're doing, you know, getting up early, working out. Yeah. But at the same time, there's there's habits that they not all of them, but but people have picked up that aren't serving them long term. We talk a lot about identity. You get you're involved in something. And when you're yeah. no longer part of that organization, that group. Uh, there's a lot of people that lose that identity, but and maybe they lean on some of those habits that to they, replace that. Is are you replacing that feeling? I think so. I think so. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of people say like, hey, you know, they call it choir practice. They went out and drank with their with uh, other service members, and uh, it was a camaraderie. It was a way of building, and, and it, it was it was healthy. It's probably healthier yeah. than now you're out on your own and, and uh, you still have this coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, and you actually join a choir sometimes and go and drink, and it just doesn't. It's between the two. It's, uh, it's, it's not a it's not a healthy thing. Yeah. So, there. So they, yeah, we're doing workshops. We're doing different things on on that maybe just show people alternative ways to deal with stress and trauma that don't include either uh, you know, self medicating, risky behavior. Uh, you know, just different different things. So, 
you have taken this on. You still have a, a nine to five. I do. And you've taken on this, uh, and it's, it's shifting gears a little bit, but I think it's kind of a cool part of your story, taking on this mission. You created a, a nonprofit. You're, you're running a podcast that has, you guys are, what are you, 100 and something episodes? Yeah, we're about 105 in right now. 105 episodes. So, I mean, that's a lot of time and effort to, to find guests and, and, and manage the website and everything like that. Um, talk a little about like what it's like what what drives you to run that side hustle that is not much of a side hustle it's it's, yeah, it's a quasi full-time gig that you're doing for no pay is it, is it does it fill like some sort of need inside uh yeah this this may this may go to the little bit of the recovery side but, but part of me felt a, a responsibility um after i made changes in my life and and i, and I kind of glance over that like i made changes but it was a substantial thing for me. Like that was, I come from a long line of people that used, you know, again, my scenario where they used alcohol. Yeah. I come from a long, like this is generation. So I was given a blueprint on how you live your life. And going back to, I, one of the reasons I wanted to make a change is I felt like I was passing on that same blueprint on, on, on to my kids. So that blueprint being like Miller light, Adulting meant yeah. you went to work, you came home, you drank, hung out with the family, and then um, you know you drank whether it was a celebration, whether it was something to mourn, whether it was a Tuesday, whether it was whatever breakfast, it was. Yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> and and that's what I, that's how I thought you just hmm. you adulted, uh, and I hung out with other people adulted the same way, um, because when you do that, you. You don't question what you're doing if everyone around you is doing the same thing, right? So you, you, we surround ourselves with people doing a lot of the same things. Um, so I felt a bit of a responsibility like, hey, man, my life's got so much better. Uh, let me just throw it out there. I'm going to tell my story and whatever happens from that happens. That grew into a platform for other people to tell their story, not just about alcohol because, you know, I, I think uh, – habits you know they transcend just you know alcohol we all pick whatever our poisons are on the negative side there's a million of them um and and so i started started talking about that and then just kind of grew and grew and i said well how can we do something more and that's when it became the nonprofit. uh the answer does it fill it does fill something and it's almost even with entrepreneurs or comedy we there's a feeling of building something from nothing, yeah. right? That I, again, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the proudest things I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so insanely proud of not just, uh, you know, the, what that sparked, not in, just in myself, but now I, we have 21 ambassadors across the country. We've got an amazing board member. We, we brought on Athletic Brewing as one of our, uh, as long as well as the Patriot Fund, like we're we're supported by amazing organizations. And then every time I'm about to be say like God, this thing is, it's become a hassle. Yeah. I'll get a message from somebody, even if I'm just the middleman, saying, "Hey, I heard your conversation with, you know, whoever, and it, and it really touched touched me. Can you put me in contact with them?" And I've been like privy to the the, the, the emails and some messaging, um, and I'm, I'm like, that's that's why, 
you've, had, you've had some pretty uh, amazing guests. I don't mean just from a name brand. You've had Chef Robert Irvine and um, mm -hmm. who's a cyclist? Um, not and Greg Lamond. Greg Lamond. But you've had other really cool guests on. Um, uh, you forgive me. I forget the name of the uh, the, the the army general yeah. who um, who came out and talked about being bipolar. Yeah. Uh, and sure. how uh, and how he was it General Greg Martin. Greg Martin. That's right. You talked about. You said, you know, Greg and I are now friends, and, yeah. and you said, and through the course of him telling a story about how he was managing troops, hundreds, thousands of troops, and he's bipolar, and he's like, "Hey, you guys are doing a great job. You're fucking assholes." Also, you're doing a great job. Also, get back to work. He, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he elaborated on us, and I've seen his social media increase, um, not necessarily just because of coming on with you, right. but I think you've had some. Is there is there any one guest or one experience you've had that kind of jumps out of your mind like, man, this was transformative for me? Yeah, yeah, well, there's there's been a couple, and a lot of times that changes, but just, you know, in, in how recent it was, even the conversation. Sure. I mean, I had one last week uh that it went out today it was a, this this is i i really enjoy talking to people so i look at habits as a spectrum right you've got good you've got bad yeah. and i've had people that have lived on two opposite ends on that and those are the people that fascinate me right because they're the ones that really understand the consequences and the ramifications of of that so if you're just hooked on your phone or you're you know you you, you watch too much Netflix, sure, your life, you could be doing something maybe a little better, or, but the, the, the consequences aren't that steep. I, I just talked to a woman named Ashley Petruno, and uh, uh, Ashley, Air Force veteran, um, an athlete, she's, she's uh, got her degree in behavioral health. Uh, she's, if you looked at her now, we would think that this, this person's got it all together. And at times she was hooked on heroin. Like that she started off with pain pills, and and that that you know we've heard that story a lot of, a, a lot of different times. And you, and those are the consequences to to habits. We don't always see them coming. You know, you, you go from coming out of the Air Force, getting your degree, fast forward a couple of years, and, and your life looks way way different. And then to come back to that, I think one of these, I think all these conversations have made me way more empathetic towards other people when I looked at the reasons I did the things I did. And then you realize how things could have gone way worse for a lot of people. And you see the human experience and why people do things where I used to be a little more, I still can be, but, but a little less judgmental. Yeah. On, less cynical, maybe. Yeah. And you realize, man, we're like, there's just a lot of people out there kind of suffering one way or the other. And yeah. Um, you never know what demons somebody's dealing with. You right? Don't you don't? And I know your story. Like I know that when you today, you got you know you have a successful uh, nonprofit that you're running. You're 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 pretty well known in the in the podcast circles, and you have a great nine to five, and you've had a great career, and you have kids in college and in high school, and um and and you have two point four dogs, and like you you have a really on paper you look like you have it together, but the the I get the I because I know your story. I know that. There were some low points, and the irony of you talking about Ashley coming out of the Air Force isn't lost on me because that was your journey too. It's coming out of the Air Force, and uh, I think you were homeless for a bit. I was. Well, I mean, I wasn't living on the street homeless, yeah. uh, but I didn't have a place to really. Uh, I, well, I was just sleeping on people's couches. 
So I love telling this story. Yeah, that makes you homeless. I don't know. Yeah, that. well, let's not put tiles in <laughs> So, uh, and this ties into the consequences of habit because one of the habits I like talking about is surrounding yourself by the right people because you will become what you surround yourself by. Mm. And I got out of the military and I surround myself with the wrong people. Uh, and in what way? Like just just people who had no like no vision, just no, degenerates. I, to comp not all of them. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I, Ernie, if you're listening, he's one of the guys that actually let me. I still owe him three hundred bucks for for crashing at his place. But yes, I surround myself by by some people that were uh, not not heading in the right direction, yeah. and and I didn't realize. Sometimes we don't realize in in real time where we are in our life and i came home for a steep yeah i came home for a wedding and i was around people that like actually loved me and they cared for me and they were doing good in life and i had this epiphany i'm like what the fuck am i doing myself <laughs> so i flew back to california i sold everything i owned uh, at a pawn shop and you're not surprising they really screwed me over <laughs> and what yeah I, Dude, I'm going to have to go watch Pawn Stars tonight and see if that's true. Because they, they really seem to treat their people fair. I sold my, my, my back seats to my Jeep. <laughs> I sold them because I didn't know what to do with them. And I, everything I owned had to fit in a Wrangler. Yeah. So, I didn't know what to do with them. Uh, like, leave them there is not an option. It's worth $4. So I sold <laughs> everything I, and, and I loaded everything up and to include my dog. And um, I started, which turned out to be a complete. You are, you are a homeless cliche, by the way. Oh, uh, I know. I didn't have a home. I had a Jeep and a dog. dog. You're, you're literally a homeless cliche. I, just, I, just, I had a home. It was under the overpass yeah, right. where I parked my Jeep. Smell like urine and broken <laughs> dreams. So I drove. I drove. Uh, drove across country. Drove, which was supposed to be like this scenic thing. And, and I was going to stop and see uh, the Grand Canyon. I got really sick. I, and I mean, to the point where... Um, at one point, I checked into a hotel. Now, I didn't have enough money. I had enough money for, like, one night in the hotel. Yeah. And um, I ended up calling people to pay for a couple nights because I was so insanely sick. Uh, uh, my, my, I was driving. I was, I was somewhere. God, I must have been in uh, Oklahoma. I was in Oklahoma. It's about halfway. I'm driving and I hear the top of my Jeep and I'm just trying to feel better and it's making a, a very strange noise. And with that, it just rips off the, the, the top of the, the Jeep. Uh, so, so what I thought was going to be a scenic uh, uh, trip turned into... What time of year was it? Oh, it was in the winter. It was... It was... Because uh, I got home on, on the day before Christmas. I got home on the 23rd. Uh, like 15 pounds lighter... Uh, a changed man. Um, Didn't you get pulled over by the cops? I got pulled over by the Ohio State Police. Um, what I didn't realize, because I didn't have a top on my Jeep, and then my North Face had pulled and pulled down, and, uh, that, that he came up to the side of the car, and he had his hand on his gun, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he said, are you all right? <laughs> I go, yeah. What's me? What do you mean? He goes, I've been behind you for 15 minutes. <laughs> My lights and sirens on. Uh, but I, he's know. like, we've got a report of a homeless guy yeah, that sold his a, that sold his back seat and lost the top of his jeep. He's he's running from life. Yeah, that it was. So yeah, um, his his 
words of advice were, because I was right near the PA line, he goes, get out of Ohio. <laughs> that was it. So, so um, yeah, 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 that was, uh, that was, so everyone who's going to transition out of the military, have a plan. Uh, before you know it, you'll be framing houses and laying ceramic tile for $5 an hour. That's uh, that transition on the military story. That's a that's a conversation for another time. I would love to get multiple veterans on here and tell their their phenomenal stories about. Because everybody has this vision of when you're in the military about getting out. Um, yeah. About what you're gonna do. Yeah. I was a wedding DJ. I remember that. Yeah. I I went from. I think I, I think I've told you that story. I I uh, I left the SEAL teams where I thought I was going in to be like if Rambo and James Bond had a baby that that would be me. And I got there and this is pre 9-11 and I was like, eh, it's not really what I thought it was gonna be and it was okay. But I got out and I was like, well, I know how to parachute, I know how to scuba dive, I'm gonna take this skill set and go somewhere that somebody could use a scuba diving parachutist. Sure. And um, spoiler alert kids, there, there aren't a lot of, uh, of job opportunities out there for that kind of skill set. And I didn't know how to translate my leadership skills or my my work ethic into things that I could articulate in a in a job interview, and uh, I was doing uh, karaoke one night. True story, doing karaoke one night, and a gal comes up to me and she's like, "Hey, you've got some you got some chutzpah, you got some personality on the mic. Would you like to be uh, a wedding DJ?" And I'm 24, 25 years old, and I said, "Yeah, sure." Like she's like, "It pays like." hundreds of dollars a night you know you only work two nights or two days a week wedding dj and i'm like i like parties i like having fun yeah, i like fun. drinking beer i like meeting bridesmaids this sounds awesome and uh and i never forget i went to and there's a lesson of humility here as well i went to my first wedding and uh and i was like oh, okay this is, this is cool and it was like my seventh or eighth wedding that i was doing and uh i'll never forget like some kid came up to me he's like He's like, hey, mister. He's like, are you a Navy SEAL? I heard you're a Navy SEAL. Totally true. I had to be like, hey, uh, hold on a sec, bud. All right, let's get on the floor for the chicken dance. Who's ready for the chicken dance? All right. I was like, yes, yes, I am a Navy SEAL. And I remember I remember just the, I remember going, uh, crawling under the, the table and, and, and sobbing. Uh, uncontrollably for for 10 15 minutes while the chicken dance just played on repeat <laughs> yeah, um, but I remember, I remember thinking like how the hell did I get here one but also a lesson in humility there was a lesson in humility but <laughs> I thought I was gonna get some really cool job and and like I said next thing I know it was framing houses or yeah. laying tile so um, there's anything wrong with it yeah listen there's something when yeah. you went from guarding nukes you thought yeah yeah, I just discounted the, my experience in the military and thought, it, you know, yeah, I was too cool for school, and I was wrong. So it was, it was a. I was just cool enough to frame houses. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, dude. Where can folks find you on the interweb? Uh, you can check us out at uh, consequenceofhabit.org or any of the major uh, podcast platforms. Consequence of Habit. All right. All right, dude. Thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you. It's a great story. Hi, right, man. Good luck to you, man. Thanks. Appreciate, appreciate it. it.